Hello, guys. Welcome to this podcast episode, which is a little bit of a unique one today. We have myself and Alex, which she will say hello in a second. But I just want to let you know we are recording for both of our podcasts right now. So there will be no individual introduction unless Alex and I decide to do it outside of this. But for now, I am Taylor. I'm a business and mindset coach. And then we have Alex. Say hello. Introduce yourself. Hey guys, I'm Alex and I basically work in trauma, in parenting and with relationships. I love that so much. And Alex is actually one of my clients and also one of my really good friends. And we have such amazing conversations together and have such similar views around trauma, around, you know, the online space and what kind of happens and and what we see happening that we kind of have been saying this for a while now that we should do the podcast. We're like, let's do the podcast. Six months later, we're doing the podcast. Um, But it's kind of like we just wanted to have a conversation today and not put pressure that there needs to be like certain questions or anything like that. We have ideas of what we want to talk about, but we're just going to let the conversation flow. Yeah, that's actually my favorite is because we're having a friend conversation. And every time we talk in WhatsApp or on a call, I've always thought I'm like, people would pay to hear this. Like, it's so good. You are one of like the most well-educated people I know around trauma, like the spaces you've put yourself in, the mentorships, like from every angle, like you've gone at it. And it makes me really excited because I feel like we kind of just realized very early on, we're like, oh, we think of this the same way. And we want to talk about a few things today, or like I have three things in mind that I feel like would be cool or valuable to talk about. Um, one of those sort of being what to, what to know as somebody who's hiring support and what to flag in yourself, because when you're hiring someone to help you, we're very much co-creating a relationship. And that doesn't mean that, you know, we hire someone and then we show up and then we put everything in their hands. We actually have to be aware of how we're showing up in those spaces and how we're utilizing those spaces. Um, I want to have a chat together, like you and me, Taylor, about like what it takes to be a really great support person, um, or a really great coach. And then also probably semi-unpopular opinion that I feel like just needs to be discussed more publicly mm-hmm. is that neither of us are into pop psychology. We're not into like the empath, narcissist vibe. We see this specifically from a trauma lens and not from like the social media version of trauma, which is how I look at pop psychology. So yeah, I'm just like so excited to talk about these things with you because they are juicy. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, some of these things, it's not necessarily popular opinions, but I feel like when we say, oh, this is an unpopular opinion, it's like we're expecting, you know, people to disagree with us in a way, but it's like, yeah, we all get to have our own perception of of what is. And I just feel like the way that we see things is very different. That's essentially the only reason it's an unpopular opinion. Like it's just that we see things very differently to what most people present online. And I feel like you and I are very good at being able to see the duality in situations, being able to see it from that deeper lens and just the way like I've done a session with you, with your work. And I've never seen someone teach because obviously I'm a business coach. So my containers are not trauma containers. However, I've studied trauma, addiction, like patterns, the unconscious and gone very deep in that, like shadow work, all of that kind of stuff. And while that comes into my coaching, 
I'm not doing that on every call, right? But I've done that work with you and I know that the way that you do it, I'm like, fuck, like I I back the shit out of how you do it. And I'm like, you know, not many people see it the way that you see it through your lens. And I feel like you are so amazing at, if, if anyone goes from my page to Alex's page, please go and watch her content and listen to the way that she speaks about things. You're very good at breaking it down for someone to actually understand what's happening and not a surface level like, oh, here's how to set a boundary or here's what choice. Like you actually take things really deep in a very simplistic way, which I think is so amazing and much needed in the online space. I feel like this could even be a conversation in itself is how everyone sells trauma and sells healing and sells personal development based on the fact that someone needs to be fixed. And even that in itself is a problem. And that's why there is so much, you know, money to be made in the online space is because people are just feeding off people's wounds to sell them things. Oh my God, that is such a juicy topic. Also like, keep going. Like when you compliment me, I was like, oh my God. Say it again. (laughs) I'm so glad this is recorded. Um, But I fully, fully agree. Like, and this is why I think it's so important as a consumer of anything trauma related. And I also love, sorry, that you brought up the business thing because imprints, trauma, all of that, it affects every area of our lives. And like truly like how we run a business, how we show up, what we think of money and and how we relate to money, our food. Like I love that you used to be like a, a food and mindset coach as well, but it touches every single area of our lives. And some of those things, you know, and I think this is why conditioning is really important to talk about too, because some of those things, they're not necessarily trauma. It's yeah. not we think of trauma as something like bad that happened to us. Some things are just things that we picked up on or that we just like formed a certain, certain association with from very early on, even <laughs> from random places like movies. And we just have to learn how to unpick that. And that's why I'm harp on so much about an internal skill set, because it's like, if you don't know how to understand that or have a framework or a certain level of education around it, it's really easy to start lumping everything into the trauma pile and getting really, people can get really deep on it, but like in the wrong direction. Yeah. And and that's what we see in people, you know, going to that. It comes in with your first topic of people going to a coach or going to someone online to give them the breath work, give them the journal process, give them the business structure that's going to save them. And everyone is going into containers online, whether it's a trauma coach, whether it's a business coach, whether it's a health and fitness coach, whether it's a copywriter, I don't care. And and it's almost like we go in there wanting to be saved and not wanting to what you say all the time is learn that internal skill set to actually be able to do it without the coach. Because who are you when you leave that coaching container? right? Like what actually happens after that? And something I've always been really firm on with my coaching is never making people reliant on me and never being a savior for my clients. And like, I'm very, very like set on that because I'm not your savior. I'm not that, but I am here to help you understand your internal systems and how you work and understand yourself deeper, which like, I love that you brought that up about business because the work that I do is very similar to you in relationships. That's the work I do, your relationship to money, your relationship to your business, your relationship to yourself, your relationship to selling, to content, to showing up online, to your coach, your relationship to your mentor, to your clients, like all of that. And everything in life is relationships. And 
people miss the most fundamental skill. We go to fucking school and we learn how to do maths and we learn what the history of fucking Captain Hook, Captain Hook, not Captain Hook, who's the captain? I don't know, Captain Cook. Captain Cook. Cook. <laughs> okay, I can't believe I just said that. So, oh my God. Okay, let's pretend I didn't say that. And we learn about Captain Cook and it's like, is that really relevant to real life or would conversations such as learning an internal skill set beyond just a journal prompt, beyond just looking to manifest, you know, something with angel numbers, could we look further and deeper and actually get to understand ourselves? Yes. Could we appreciate the moon cycles without making our whole life reliant? on where we're yeah. and there's like, nothing wrong with those things like I love angel num- I've got an- like not angel numbers but I've got like numbers tattooed on me that are significant like one two three four so it's yeah. like I appreciate those things but I never rely on external things to elevate my life or to improve my life or to save me like even my mentor or coaches that I have they're never to save me you know and like you hiring me it wasn't for me to come in and save you and it's for you to have an external sense of awareness so that you can help build your internal, right? Exactly. And you just touched on something there that I want to bring in what, I, what I've been speaking about in Alchemize as well is not using things in a codependent relationship. So not booking a session, not hiring someone to do it for you. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, do you know what? Like you said, I, I still see angel numbers like every day. Like that still is of significance to me. I still love all of that stuff. For me, it's like, I don't know, this is why I use like the cake analogy where it's like, that's like the decorations on the cake for me. But if I consume that stuff, I need to know what to make of it. Mm. I need to know how to use the information that I find from certain things. I need to understand how certain things help me or help my system. And then what I'm going to do, you know, with the information and the situations in my life and the things I can learn how to see and look for. Um, And I just think it's so interesting from both perspectives even people who buy a call like what you said it's like they want something to save them they're like I'm going to buy this course and in those six weeks or however long it is everything is going to be gone it's like there's a very big difference between hearing content and Mm. getting the education around it and actually going and doing the work from it like you're not going to hear things you know in a 60 minute call that are going to suddenly like you've left those six weeks and you haven't built an internal skill set, you haven't done anything bar listen to information, you've gone, oh, fuck, I haven't changed very much. It's like, of course you haven't. Mm. And even when we hire people, it very much depends on how people come in and how they show up. Like, you know, I know you you do something really similar too, but I know when I open a container, I'm like, hey, we're starting this now. But when you come in here, you have to be really honest. You have to tell me if something's up. You know what I mean? I can't guess. And I'm coming in here and I'm trusting you that you're going to show up. If you don't talk to me for a few days or a week or whatever it is, I'm not going to assume something's wrong because I'm going to assume that you're going to tell me if something's wrong. Yeah. And I think people very much forget that or then they start to blame people and and go all weird. It's like what's what's the most useful is when you notice yourself go weird and come in and be like, hey, I just did something really weird. Can we talk about it? And and this is so brilliant because it's not that there's anything wrong here. It's that people just don't have, and and again, if you do this, if you're listening to this and like, fuck, I do that to my coach or I've done that to coaches and then, you know, moved on to the next coach or bought the next course and, you know, the same patterns repeated, like that, that's actually okay. But what's not okay is to see it and then to choose 
that you're going to play into that cycle to continue it. It's like, can I get really honest with myself and look and then find a person who's going to help me support um, how to actually move through that and not continue to play out the pattern. So our job as coaches, as mentors, you know, I can't make, just say Alex is my client, say she leans out for three weeks. Like if I've set a really powerful container and Alex and I have a really mature relationship that we are both adults wanting to build on our relationship together, then Alex knows that I, I'm not assuming anything's wrong. I'm assuming that she's fine and that she's going to come to me when she needs me. And I think there's, you know, we take responsibility as the coach. Of course, we set, we have to be able to create safety and have a safe environment for our clients and set a really powerful, strong container and solid relationship with our clients so they feel safe to bring that in. So we hold responsibility, but also there has to be some level of responsibility onto the client. And I feel like everyone talks about the coach. You need to set a safe container. No one talks about the client. Are you a safe client for that coach? Are you sitting there projecting onto them? And then, you know, you don't have to take the projection into them, by the way. You can choose to dissolve it and alchemize it yourself. But it's like, you know, do you choose to lean in when you're leaning out? Do you choose to do something with that information? Or do you continue to repeat your same cycle and expect that your coach is your mom or dad? that you're just creating that same pattern from your childhood again. And I think like, you know, you touched on that when we were talking before about that. And it's true. People go into anything in life and they start to, even our romantic relationships, if we have not looked at our patterns, we are recreating the same relationship we had with our caregivers. And whether you like to hear that or not, it's very uncomfortable to hear that. If you don't understand your own patterns and have that self-awareness, you will be playing out that and you it, it that's not an adult relationship that's you staying stuck in your patterns from say childhood or like growing up you know yeah I fully agree and that whole piece around like what we're speaking about before which is people I feel very lucky that I haven't had a client like this to be honest <laughs> but what I do see and this is why I think an application process is so important as well but what I do notice is people going I need this person, this, whatever it is, a therapist, a coach, I mean, whatever it is, they're like, they don't even realize they do this, but they're like, I need them to be the parent that I needed. Yeah. And they, and they want their childhood wounds resolved and they want people to play into that pattern. They want people to go, like, Oh my God, are you okay? You haven't been in here for a few days. Like, Oh, yeah. oh my God. They, and- they do the distance, the silent treatment, what they would do as a kid. And then they will get, they want their coach to be like, oh my God, are you okay? Like, you good? Yeah, because their parents probably never asked them that and they want that, they crave that. And I think if you're not aware of that, that's kind of what's harmful. But I also see that as my job. Like my job is to say, hey, we're building a really strong relationship. I'm going to be your safe space. You can come in here with anything. And, you know, we create like a really solid relationship. And it's just funny, like you end up being like actually friends with a lot of people that you work with as well. (laughs) Um, but the whole point is that we're now, I'm actually helping you build a mature adult relationship. Mm. We're not going to do the the childhood stuff. I'm not going to come and try and save you from that. We're actually going to go, oh, wow. Like, I don't know, for example, let's just say, Taylor, did you notice that you like leaned out for a few days? Mm-hmm. And, you know, did you, did you want me to come and like check on you? And if you're like, yeah, I really wanted you to, it pissed me off that you didn't. It's like, cool. How can we actually now learn? That's what we're in here for. It's like, how can we build better communication? How can we build more solid relationships? How can we be securely attached? 
and not trying to like play out these little games subconsciously. Mm, It's like that unconscious manipulation, which again, like if this is something that you've noticed yourself do or that you do do, we're not saying there's anything wrong with that. We're saying like you, you find a coach who you feel really safe to be able to explore this with, you know, and a coach who's not going to one play into that, but also not make you wrong for that. And, you know, so often with my clients, I've had things like this happen and I'm, you know, I hold the container for them and they're like, holy shit, thank you so much. You have just, because of how you reacted in this and you didn't do my pattern with me, that's actually just alchemized so much for me. And when I was a health and mindset coach, this was something I did really fucking well, because as we all know, with food, the minute someone does something quote wrong with their diet or their food or don't go to the gym, they instantly make themselves wrong. And one thing that I did that every other coach did the opposite. They were like, you need to be more disciplined. You need to get back on track. Well, I was like, hey, let's have a look at that. Like check in with me when you miss a day because I love when you miss a day. I love it and I want to talk about it and I'm not going to make it wrong that you missed a day. We're going to explore what actually happened. And like that was something that really set me apart in the early days before I knew anything about trauma. Like I I didn't, I hadn't (laughs) studied it or anything then. And yeah, I, I just realized it's something that if you're able to cultivate that safe container for your clients, then you really do get to be a part of alchemizing a lot of things for them. Like, but you're not actually doing it, they're doing it. So it's like, it's not your job to do it, but it's your job to create the container for them to be able to do it. Yeah. Yes. Something that I say in Alchemize as well is that our system is actually really good at finding that. Like people will self-correct if they feel safe to explore. Just like, like the example I use is if we have a broken leg, you whack a cast on it and you get crutches just to give your leg the the space to heal. Like you're not actually actively in there being like grow bone. (laughs) You're just giving it the space to do what it needs to do and you're supporting it. And that's exactly how I see the system as well. It's like we can do specific things, but we're actually just supporting it to do something that it's innately designed to do. There's actually Mm -hmm. not a whole lot. And I feel like people overthink it. They're like, what's, you know, I think we do have to have a certain level of education. There are certain like processes or frameworks that we can follow. But I think the whole purpose is like, it's not actually, the answer doesn't live in that. Yeah. You find things and those things support us and they can guide our thinking and guide our actions and just really sort of like set up, set people up in the right direction. But there's just a whole other a ball game that happens when we cultivate that safety within the system for things to be, you know, seen, felt, heard. Um, yeah, there's just so, so much in there. And I feel like the other thing I wanted to talk about was kind of off the back of that was like what it takes to be that really great coach or that really great support person. Yeah, for sure. What do you think? Because you're you're the client. So like in in your, just say you're the client situation, what do you think you need? Yeah, I think it's like very much about opening it in a powerful way, like really setting those things like, and it makes people more aware. So first of all, when you start a relationship with someone or you hire someone, it's just being like, hey, whatever you're feeling, lean in with it because Mm. we're not going to be doing the pattern. I think opening it like that makes people aware automatically. But secondly, it is cultivating that safe relationship. And something else that I find very useful is also grounding people in sometimes, which you're very good at too, in terms of like, there's a lot of stuff that's human. 
that mm-hmm. people actually don't know how to unpick a, a you know quote unquote trauma experience from just a human experience. And yeah. I find myself spending a lot of time explaining that, say in Alchemize, but also talking about that with clients and talking about it with people. And I'm very big on like, honestly, like if you're not sleeping well, if you're treating your body like shit, you're not going to having be having the best reactions. Like, like when we're hangry, like, you know, when we're really tired. And it's like, maybe Joe who cut you off in traffic is just an asshole. And it's not because your cousin did something to you when you were 12. Literally, literally. And I, and I feel like it's just so interesting because I feel like we're in the right direction as a society, but it's kind of like, it's like, oh, we just kind of need to shift that and like wiggle it around a little bit. Cause there's a lot of stuff that is related to when we were younger, Mm. but it's not every single time that we feel annoyed or frustrated. And and it's like we seek, we're always seeking where we need to be fixed. And I think, I think that's what happens there is people are seeking where they need to be fixed instead of just seeking to understand. And the way that I see it is, especially in a business coach, a business container is people like reflect me, my blind spot, show me where my trauma. And I'm like, that's not the point of a business container. You will do that work naturally in a business container because that is how you build a fucking elite human to do really big shit, like with, with like huge potential. Like you and I've talked about the whole athlete mindset, which like we could do a whole different podcast on, which I would love to, uh, but you know, to have that mindset of a very highly skilled, highly professional, highly freaking just someone who executes so well, you really do need to have an understanding obviously of some of those things, but Equally, there are some times when you just don't need to go into something. You don't need to unpack 29 layers of something. You need to understand some things are normal. Some things are a human emotion. Some things are just going to happen. And that is actually life. That's not a trauma. And I think like people really get confused in thinking that everything needs to be solved before they move forward. And it's like this hamster race. And it's so funny because I've studied addiction and it's like, we we have all as a society become addicted to healing and become addicted to self-help. And the way that I see it is people who aren't doing this work are actually probably fucking happier than the people who would, who are going into it with the wrong lens of the lens of I need to be fixed. And then they get stuck in that hamster wheel. I feel like we could end the podcast there. That was like <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> and it's not to say that this work, uh, we, I love this work. I advocate for this. I want people to go work with you. I want people to come work with me, but it has to be from the right perspective. And for the the intention is not to heal yourself. It's to elevate and expand and unravel. Like it's literally to unlearn, to relearn and to learn. And it's like, just those things are like, what a beautiful gift that we get to do this work. It's not something that we need to do to be whole, because if you're doing this work to be whole, good fucking luck. Like you already are whole. You're just creating a problem for yourself that's not there. And that's why people sell. And that's why like you and I have this big thing of like pop psychology is just kind of in a sense, like, and some of it's great because it's educational based and that's amazing. Um, But what it's kind of doing is giving people problems that they don't even have a lot of the time. Yeah. They're like, oh, this kind of makes sense for me. Like, let me lock myself in that pile. And then they don't realize they've restricted or caged themselves into that thing. Yeah. Um, but I just want to go back to what you just said, because that was like 
everything was just elite, like so powerful. And I really think that's it. It's like, how do we even, it's how we go into it. It's like, if you're going into it where you're like, and and there's a big difference between like, I feel like there's something in my body that I need to like work through or sort through or like, you know, understand a bit more or sometimes understand the context a bit better. It's Mm -hmm. that balance of doing the work and then also knowing it's like, okay, it's time to like pack up for the day and like, I have a lot of skills, right? Like I have a lot of knowledge and like, we don't need to be on the hunt for what's wrong all the time. It Mm. reduces our quality of life. And I think there is this, I don't know. I feel like there's like a bit of a process to it. It's like, we don't understand ourselves at all. Or we don't, we're like, oh no, nothing really affected me. And then we have to go like, oh, bang. Now I'm understanding that things affected me. I'm understanding like, oh, it was this, it was that. Okay. Now we're really building out our context and going, right. A lot of this makes sense for how I am the way I am and why I might feel the way I do. And then we kind of have to actually move beyond that and go, how do I understand what my patterns are based off of that? And then how do I actually unravel those and navigate my life from basically my adult self instead of living like, I don't know, a five-year-old girl in those same patterns? How do I actually look at that from a zoomed out lens or how do I observe that and go, well, I actually don't need to be that way anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I have compassion for how I felt and the patterns that came as a result, but I also have to take responsibility for the fact that that's on me now to do different patterns. And I think, you know, that's something that I've like hesitated (laughs) to say on social media or whatever, because people like that's gaslighting, that's this, that's that. It's like, that's actually just the truth of it. Like, even when we take ourselves to therapy or to a psychologist, you're actually, that's step one of being like, I have to take responsibility for how my life is now. Mm. It's not my fault. You know, we were all innocent. Yeah. To, you know, we were all victims of something, like quote unquote. Yeah. But to move forward, we actually have to really step into our adult selves. And, and something that I'm really big on is seeing trauma through the lens of basically understanding it inside out through portal therapy, which is like we have these younger versions of ourselves in our system somewhere. And when we go and find them, we have to go in as adult us. Like we have to be like, hey, I'm Alex, like I'm 29 now. And like, you know, I'm looking at five-year-old me, six-year-old me, eight-year-old me. And they have to understand like, oh, adult Alex is here to help now. And that's what we have to do even in our real life is actually step in as that adult and kind of show our system, give our brain evidence of the fact that things can be done differently and that it's safe to feel, it's safe to explore, it's safe to do all of those things. Yeah. And and like, it's really interesting, you know, everyone could have an excuse in their life to not be where they want to be, to blame their external circumstances, to blame their parents, to blame what happened for them. And no one is saying in this conversation and, and agree, I have very strong thoughts towards it, but it's hard to say it because people think that it's dismissing their experience and what happened. And that's completely the opposite. It's to acknowledge the experience. It's to acknowledge what has happened and it's to alchemize that and reconcile that so we're no longer holding on to the past and using it as an excuse to create our future. And I'm, I don't say excuse as in like a bad thing, but that's what most people do is they use their circumstances to just create more circumstances. The way that I see this work is it's for me to take responsibility that I get to look at what's happening in my life and I get to see where I'm not free. That's the only, that's what I, that's why I do this work is to look at my patterns to see where I am not free. That is it. 
where am I a prisoner of my own mind because I'm holding on to what should have been or what could have been or what didn't happen or what did happen? And the way that I've seen it is I never want to give energy to that. Like what, what's the point of hope? That is heavy. And that's why so many people go about their life feeling so heavy is because they don't, they're, they're holding on and they, it's as simple as putting it down, but it's not that simple because people are so attached to who they are withholding it that it's like, I can't put this weight down, even though it's really fucking heavy because I don't know who I'm going to be without it. And it can't just be that simple to put it down. Yeah. And, and that's what I explained to people as well. I'm like, it was your entire survival was based on that coping mechanism or that yeah. survival mechanism, your system's going to have resistance to letting it go. Yeah. Something that's really big in the system and in the brain is actually having the brain distinguish that something was a past event, like mm. having the brain go, oh, this thing, this whole mechanism that came from this thing was actually 20 years ago and I'm not faced with the same problems anymore that I need to use that defense mechanism. Mm. And it was just, it's safety because that's self-protection and that's what self-sabotage is, is self-protection. Exactly. And it, that pattern works, right? Let's just say it worked when you were five or that, that mechanism worked when you were five. Maybe it worked up until you were 10, 12. Let's just say it worked till you were 15. And then when you started having relationships, then it becomes a hindrance and it starts causing problems in your life. Yeah. And because I think that happens kind of like almost blurred from like when it was useful to when it's not useful anymore people carry that for an extra 15 20 years and only when they get so confronted by the pain from that same mechanism which is like my relationships are like this I'm drawing this like all these repeat patterns that go on it's like yeah we actually have to look at where you need to let go of that old defense mechanism and mm. that's the piece where we take responsibility we're not responsible for what other people did or said or didn't provide us with yeah. we're responsible for looking at how do I want my life to be and just like you said where am I not free mm. and I think even going back to before when you're talking about you know in a business container when people are like show me my blind spot this and that it's like yeah cool but this is about business and that's also you know I feel like there's black and white and then I feel like there's those gray areas where the two things overlap yeah. which is why I think a you're so smart for studying trauma and studying just human beings and psyche because that stuff does pop up in trauma it's also why I did it for parenting because mm. there's there's no you know situation in our lives where that doesn't show up and I think for example something that gets used a lot and I know it's something that I had to get a bit more understanding on and work through as well was like that whole thing about being seen and people are like oh I'm afraid of being seen so I don't show up in my business I'm afraid of being seen it's like cool guess what we have to build that skill and that's what a lot of healing is is going back and building skills it's like maybe it feels sure maybe your mom and dad didn't see you enough you didn't feel seen as a child now that it just feels unnatural it doesn't mean that we stop it oh my mom and dad didn't see me oh, now I can never run a business because I don't know how to be seen. It's like, no, you actually have to learn and go back and build that skill. On top of that, being seen by a, a wide number of people is a very unnatural human experience. It's yeah. like not what we're built for. Like yeah. everybody will have problems with being seen. Every every single person in the world will have to go through that. Like if they're running a business, for example. Um, and it doesn't mean that it's even related to a trauma. It just means that our, our brain's not wired for that. Like it, it's very weird. It's like something that I'm really big on is just helping people understand that the brain is almost 2 million years old and it has not changed very much. Like it's wired in a very primal way 
for our survival. Like it's not wired for you to thrive or be happy. It's like I'm here to keep you alive. And yeah. And, and like one of the best things I believe that I did for um, me being a business coach, like mentor now is really with my whole background, everything I always, even when I was health and mindset, when I was mindset, anything, eating disorders, all of it was I really worked on studying the human, not the problem. So I never studied why people had a, like, I never focused on people's food or them going to the gym or uh, what I focused on was their behavior because your behavior leads to your patterns every fucking time. And the way that this benefits business is these are the main areas that I look for in people's business, right? It shows up in business in money, success, or potential. There's going to be patterns and limits there. It shows up with relationships, whether that's relationship to the money or to the success or whatever, to your clients, to online socials, whatever, relationships as a whole, to strategy. So in business, yes, you have to be strategic. You cannot just have a passion. You have to also have hunger to build a business. There has to be some element of being business-minded, strategy, and actually implementing, and that all comes down to the human implementing the strategy. And then there's visibility and authenticity right? And I feel like they're the main pillars that people get caught in business. And if you look at all of that, you can wrap it up with patterns. And then if you can actually start to understand that, you can leverage that and no longer use that as your limitation. And you can actually use it to fucking skyrocket your business. And it's like people, yeah, I think like people miss this because they're so focused on what they can't do or what they can't have or, but I need to heal before I do it. And it's like, no, <laughs> like you you get to look at that stuff as you go, as you grow. That's the whole point. Business, I believe you can like, I don't know if you agree, but the three things in life that are, go- oh yeah. Okay. The things in life, we'll just see how many come out that are going to really fucking show you who you are is parenthood, business or money, business and money, I think go together and your romantic relationship. I think they're the three places that are going to show you exactly what you need to fucking work on in your life. I agree. They're like all the places where if you know how to find the texture of a blind spot or you know how to recognize those things, if you have the internal skill set and that awareness to go, oh, like I understand what this is trying to show me instead of falling prey or falling victim to the old pattern because we don't have that conscious awareness of it. That's what it is. And I think you just hit the nail on the head because as you were saying all of that, I was like, you can copy paste that same thing and put it to parenting. Yeah. Like there's no perfect way. Like the, the best parents are the ones who, not even parents, the best business owners, it's when you don't fall into shame, blame, guilt, and, and into all of those like, oh my God. And like, oh, whilst, you know, we can utilize those emotions to sort of like be like, okay, I'm not in line with my values and what do I need to do? I think it's very useful to like sort of go like work on the go. And even mm-hmm. something that I've learned in parenthood that probably still applies in business, there's things and layers about myself that I learned when I was pregnant. Then there's things and layers I learned when my kids were babies. New as as they get older there's different things that come up. There's different situations that you're navigating. There's different, you know, you're going from very needs-based with a baby with like having to show up, like, let me get your food, your sleep, your blah, blah, blah. Let me make you comfortable to the relationship changes and parenting really starts as the emotional brain comes on. And as, you know, they're expressing their needs and their differences and their interests and all that sort of stuff and how they're navigating situations. And I think it's the same in business. 
where it's like the longer you run a business, you're just navigating a different set of problems. And mm -hmm. with each, um, I don't know, I guess as everything and everyone ages, you're just navigating new layers. And that's something that I said um, to my clients the other day was like, there's no one that I cannot come in and go, okay, I've noticed that you have seven different traumas and this is how we're going to heal them. There's some things that the system needs to feel safety for them to be revealed. So there's some stuff that's just bubbling there on the surface that's ready to be seen straight away that we can resolve really quickly. And then there's other stuff that we need to cultivate extra safety in the system for it to sort of start to reveal itself a bit more. And that's also where I see my role is to notice people's patterns and sort of like draw those out and mm. start making people aware and start making them feel safer for that to sort of surface even more and actually come up so it can be worked with. Yeah. And it's like in duality, I taught that, you know, it's like, you know, the saying like every level has a new devil, like it, what it kind of essentially just means is like, there's always going to be something new for you to look at and for a new challenge in life. And even if you've quote healed one thing, great it's not gone <laughs> like you're a human that that thing will pop back up the pattern might resurface with a different texture so the thing that you think you've healed it might come back in a different relationship or it might come back it was maybe in your romantic and now it's in your business and it's just a different texture a different layer but because you haven't worked on uh, sorry but because you have worked on that internal skill set which you teach it really is like well now you've got the skill set to handle this new layer and texture, it's not a bad thing. It's not bad that it's come up again. It's just you get to explore it in a different way. Yeah. And exactly what you just said is why I'm such a big, I mean, obviously I do it. So I'm a big believer in it, but portal therapy, because when we go to the core wound, when we resolve that, our system doesn't have the tendency, they don't go and play out that pattern anymore mm -hmm. because it's resolved like at its root. And what I find the internal skill set does is give people that awareness because, you know, it's one thing to say like, oh my God, in my business, I, I feel okay to be seen now, but how are you in your sex life? Like, are you in the dark, like under the covers being like, don't look at me and you're uncomfortable being seen or yeah. you're uncomfortable being seen in your emotions. That's why I harp on about patterns so much. And I know you're a big patterns person too, because if you don't understand that the original pattern it's just copy pasted in different areas of your life. If you don't know how to spot that copy paste, yeah, that's when you're going to be like, oh my God, I thought I resolved this and now yeah. it's just again. And it's just like, no, that's just not the nature of how it works. So you've probably missed it. Mm. Or we can still go back to the core wound and discharge the emotion and really close that loop so that that pattern doesn't have a tendency to play out anymore. But it yeah. also doesn't mean that you then, again, book a session of something and go, that's resolved. I don't need to look out for it anymore. It's like, no, it just means that if you notice it's starting to surface ever, you know exactly what it is, you know mm. exactly where it came from, and you know that you don't need to play into that pattern. You don't need yeah. to play it out all over again. Yeah, and that's why I, I would like never hire someone or do something that is that one thing, that one session is going to save me. You know, I, I like, I just feel like that's where people's problems come from. And, you know, when you, the point of my work is to make people see where they're not free so that they can then be free. And then they can then go and fucking get exactly what they want in their life. Like it really is as simple as that. And the thing is patterns and relationships. And it, it's just, I feel like people get it so wrong. They want to go to that therapy session or to that you know, even they might hire you to be like, this is going to fix me. 
it's going to teach you an internal skill set so that you can then be your own freaking, I don't want to use the word savior, but you know what I mean? Like, so that you're not relying on something else to save you. And essentially you are the only one who's going to give you your power back. Yeah. I really see my role or like my gift is in sort of like helping you fast track that and creating enough safety in yourself so that you can go off and do that on your own. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want anybody to ever feel like they have to work with me forever or like, you know, I want people to feel capable in saying that if people want to choose support because it feels good, mm-hmm. I also very much welcome that. Like if you just enjoy that, like that's also why I hired you. I'm like, I enjoy having this level of support in my life. I was going to say business is different because business is like, <laughs> it's not like, a, oh, you don't need me. It's like, I, don't, I I never want someone to need me. I want someone to be like, shit, that feels so fucking good to have support and have someone external to me in my corner. And I feel like that's where in health and mindset, my whole thing was, I don't want you to have to hire another coach. Like I want you to work with me and be done. Whereas with business, I feel like it's a little bit different. Of course you can work with me and then you'd be done. But I also think that people really benefit in business from that working with someone long-term. You don't have to, by the way, I, this isn't the whole long-term um, short-term conversation. Like you can do whatever you want, but business. Yeah. I feel like it's a little bit different. And like you said, you are very much like me. I hire a mentor, not because I need to, I don't need them to fix me. I don't need them to save me. That's not why I hire a mentor. Yeah. And it's also, to be honest, like why I do inner work on myself and why I like to explore this stuff is because I genuinely, I want to be in spaces that feel expansive where I can have stimulating conversations. It's like, I actually just get to enjoy that. Mm. And I'm not, you know, in there because I'm like so desperate and I need to solve a problem. It's like, it actually is just obviously like a passion of mine that I just like love to be around. And even even in your spaces in the business world, I'm like, I love deepening my knowledge of trauma at the same time and deepening my knowledge of the human psyche and just watching how the same patterns play out in another layer. And I know when I hired you, I was like, Hey, never run a business before my life. Don't really know what I'm doing, but I very much could just suddenly see as soon as I opened a business where patterns play out all over again. Yeah. I was like, this is fascinating. Fascinating. Um, That's why I went into business because I saw the limitations I had come across in my own business And that by me doing that, I had no intention to be a business coach, no intention. I had no intention to be a health and mindset coach when I was that either. But it all, both of them always stemmed from me doing the work on myself and then realizing this is not taught. People are not taught this. I always thought I was a failure. I always thought I wouldn't do anything with my life. And it really was all of those patterns and wounding, but also the conditioning. And I want people to know there is so much more available to you. And that's why I went into business because I really do get a lot of, I I get to do this side of work, the pattern work and make people realize their potential and their limits. But also I get a lot of creativity and innovation from the content, the brand, the strategy. I love that. I'm very analytical. So I love that type of stuff, the systemizing. Um, But I do get to work with the human who is implementing all of that. And I think at the end of the day, that's like 100% my favorite part. Yeah. And I feel like this whole patterns chat is like a perfect segue into my unpopular opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say your opinion. Let's not say unpopular. Well, it's your perfect opinion. Do you know what? I think when we have this conversation, 
it's going to be a very popular opinion. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things when people hear it and they hear it explained, they're like, I fully back that. Mm-hmm. Every time I've had this conversation, whether that's with clients, whether that's with you, it's like, actually, it's a very logical opinion that I yep. think will like, I froth that. My opinion is that I never, ever like that language of this person's an empath, that person's a narcissist. And then we go into the labels. And I remember like a couple of years ago, I feel like this was like the massive thing on Instagram. I swear this is how people started to discover trauma, like on social media, was the (laughs) empath and narcissist chat. Yeah. They draw in each other and like, you know, there was this whole thing and then it's just like the empath would read it and like view themselves in this like victim savior role. And then it was like the, the narcissist is this like horrible person. And what I very quickly realized was, I don't give an F about those labels. Like they are actually, no offense, just trash. And I don't say that to be offensive. I say that as in the people are taking something, thinking they're making it more simple or thinking they're making it tangible. They're actually making things so much more difficult. Mm -hmm. The way that we can look at things is just by understanding that that is simply how somebody adapted to their environment. That was how their brain, their system went, right, this is what's happened. I now need to adapt, evolve, and change. It's like a Pokemon. It's just you're going to evolve into someone else that's going to make you better at surviving. For some people, it goes down the empath route, right? Let's just say an empath, quote, unquote. They're just somebody who really learned how to, like, read other people's emotions and really take them on board where they didn't actually have anybody help them be like, no, that's actually not yours to, like, have to process through. Like, that's mine. That's a boundary blur with their caregiver. Yeah, massive boundary blur. And they feel like I have to take it on board. And and children are very much like that, which is also why I'm passionate about parenting. Children are very empathetic by nature. They they just take it on and they see it and they want to help and they want to fix it. And it's very much our role as a parent to be like, that's okay. I've got this. You don't need to worry about fixing that. And those are conversations that didn't happen a lot in parenting. These two people, an empath and a narcissist, they could have the same upbringing. It's just that they evolved into two different ways. The narcissist, I bet you, or not even I bet you, I know, talking to people, working with people, they felt that same pressure that the empath did. They just chose a different route, which is like, let's block it out. Nobody's making anything about me. I now have to evolve and adapt and make everything about me. Mm. And I don't want to get close. Like being close is not safe. So you've got two people. Let's just say this could even be siblings. This could be a brother and a sister. And let's just say the sister turns into a narcissist, the brother turns into an empath or vice versa. Same environment, the system's just adapted differently. And when we can start seeing, you know, like people like, I have depression, Alex, I have anxiety, I have this. I'm like, cool. It's not that I don't care. It's just that I'm not so fussed about what it's being labeled. That's Mm -hmm. just telling me how your system has adapted to something. And we're going to reverse engineer that and understand it and learn how to work with it to adapt into something else that's actually useful for you right now. Mm, yeah and I feel like it it does it goes that two way like the passive or the um other one and it's like you will either go like the narcissist it's like predator and prey you'll be codependent or like the more like narcissist but what I think people miss is we all have traits of narcissism like yes. it's just because someone has traits does not mean there are if if people actually knew what a narcissist was you would not be going around saying oh, my ex was a narcissist. I cannot, I cannot stand that. I'm like, your ex was not a narcissist. You are just trying to 
like not take any responsibility for that relationship essentially. And it's like the codependent is the person who's had the boundary blur with their caregiver or parent in their environment. And they've just, as, as you said, they've never learned what's theirs and what's not. The way that I see an empath is you're actually just someone who has a very dysregulated nervous system because you can't manage your emotions essentially and know what's not yours and know what's yours. Yeah. And you know what I want to bring into this conversation too is the male and female brain. Mm-hmm. Female brains, we're wired to be, we're actually wired to feel into people because we're wired to have babies and we have to feel into, they don't have words to tell us. We are actually born with that wiring to go, I need to feel into you to know what's going on. And males are not wired that way. It doesn't mean they can't do that. They're actually not wired that way. So what we end up seeing is like males and females. And I think this is why we see such a big gap or like a kind of disparity is because a lot of females will be like, I'm an empath because I can feel it. It's like, no, actually that's a skill of yours. And it's like, where did that stop being like, oh, I'm feeling in together data and then going back to be like, okay, I need to feed the baby, like whatever it is. Right. And when did that turn into, I'm going to go in there and then I'm going to take it, make it mine and try and process it. But that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And same as like males. I think that their wiring sort of more so supports that, that adaptation of like, I'm just going to pull away from this because it's not safe versus um, and that's not to say like that's hard and fast 100% of the time each way I can just see this correlation and the people who like you said how we can spot those traits but again I know a lot of females and actually in every single person I'm sure we could find a narcissistic trait and I have it I have them you have them we all like every single person has them I can tell you what the traits are if you would like to know yeah I feel like for the sake of this conversation we should do that Okay, so there's nine. And if you are a, and I actually, can I just put a disclaimer? If you go through and list someone and say, oh my God, they've got six of the nine, they're a narcissist, this is not for you to diagnose someone. So I actually like have a bit of hesitancy to say them, even though I'm sure you could probably Google them. But majority of the time, the person you think is a narcissist, I'm telling you right now, is not a narcissist. If you actually knew what a narcissist was, yeah. Actually, can I add something to that before you read them out? Yeah. How many times has it happened where it might be us, it might be somebody else, where we're like, oh, that person was a narcissist. Then you do some healing, you realize your own patterns, you realize your shit stinks and you realize where it stinks. You realize the lens that you were wearing when you were viewing that person and you go, holy fuck, you were never a narcissist. Mm -hmm. I interpreted it that way because of where I was at. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I just don't want someone to take this list and then be like, oh my God, I didn't even know my partner was that. Now I'm I'm telling you, he's probably not. (laughs) The person who you're trying to diagnose here is probably not. So the reason I say this, and again, I'm very much of the opinion of do not label someone, even people who label themselves with depression, anxiety, those are things that you're experiencing. They are not who you are. Like there's something that is happening internally for you, but where people I think get that blur is they then identify with that as a cage. And then they think that they have to live their life through that lens. And it's not to say that's wrong. It's just, I don't feel like that really benefits people. If that makes sense. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. That's a very touchy subject, which I'm like. (laughs) Yeah, and people keep going back to that. 
It's yeah. like they, they taste freedom, they sense it, they do something and they're like, oh, but Alex, I can't be that way because I've got depression. It's just like, no, like yeah, having, I think having a diagnosis or a label on something is supposed to just make it easier for yeah. us to understand how they adapted. It's not supposed to be this like lifelong thing that we make part of our personality. It's just supposed to condense the information for us. Yeah. Well, you even see that true with people um, when I was studying um, addiction, where it's like once they recover from addiction, they still use their whole identity as someone who was addicted yeah. instead of moving. And, and it's not, again, there is no right or wrong, but it, it's you can see the limitations they still place on themselves because that label gives it gives them so it gives people something. If you have a label of I have ADHD, I have depression, that label, what it's doing, it's making you feel seen. It's making you feel understood, which is perfect. And again, I think that understanding yourself is amazing. And I love that. I love that people want to understand themselves, but it shouldn't be then a limitation. It should be used to free you, not to cage you. Yeah. I actually want to add in like a side story into this, which I think would be very valuable. I had a conversation with my sister the other day about addiction, right? And basically there was like a friend of a friend in her life who was like, oh, you know, came clean and was like, I'm a sex addict and I'm going to meetings about it. And my sister was like to me, she's like, yeah, you know, she's like sex addiction is a really hard one because when you have alcohol or drugs, she's like, the cure is to just like abstain. She's like, you just don't have those. And she's like, with sex, you can't because it's detrimental to your relationships and your life if you just abstain, right? And I was like, I actually think that the addiction model is really good to a certain extent. Abstaining from something is not a cure. Mm-hmm. Like you're just going to, you see people become addicted to something else. And I also am a big believer that we all have an addiction, whether that's scrolling, whether that's yeah. sugary food, whatever it is, we all have an addiction. It's, you know, part we of We all have addictions to our attachments. Exactly. So that's everyone's biggest limitation in their life. Yeah. And yeah, I was just, you know, having this conversation with my sister. I was like, it doesn't matter what addiction it is. Like we can't start going like drugs, alcohol. That's just like their thing of choice. Yeah. Right? But in the center, in their system, something is trying to be resolved or hidden, or they're, they're trying to find their, their grounding somewhere by doing that, you know, action or that substance or whatever it is. And I was like, I wouldn't call curing something, just not touching it ever again. I was like, we need to understand yeah. why the system was doing that in the first place. And I think that's also really interesting in the whole, yeah, like addiction conversation as well. Mm, and it's like, you know, with me, my um, one of mine was food. And it's like you can't just remove food from your whole life because otherwise you die. You so, <laughs> so it's like, you know, one of those things that I don't believe in cutting something out. I like I don't believe that there has to be. And it's again, it's that black or white. And for some people, they need to have that as a part of the journey. Like if it's drugs or alcohol, yes, of course, there's going to be a period where it's like you're going to have to obviously, yeah, this isn't really that conversation, but yeah, of course, I completely agree where it's like you need to be able, what it is is the relation to the thing. So essentially that's giving them something, some type of relief from the pain that 
whatever the pain underneath is, that behavior is just giving them relief. And we can put this into business where people have um, these certain behaviors play out in their business, right? And they're attached to the numbers, they're attached to their projections on their audience, they're attached to the sales, they're attached to, you know, their identity of not being good on camera, like even little things like that. I know they're not as serious, obviously, but they still stop people and they still block people. And it's like people will use any label they can as to why they can't. And for me, a label is something that it's like you get to see who you are beyond that label. Yeah, 100%. I think that's true healing in my opinion. Yeah. It's all the relationship. That's why both of our work is just like relationship work because it truly is a relationship to money. Money's not bad. It's the relationship. Who do you believe you are when you have money? Like that's what it really is, right? So it's like the money itself isn't bad. It doesn't make you greedy. It's your relationship to who you are with money. So yeah, I feel like things like that. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I agree. All right, should we rip the Band-Aid off and tell people the nine, the nine narcissists? Okay. So please just, I know I've said 12 disclaimers, but this is not to diagnose anyone. So in order to be true, and again, you can even go and get clinically diagnosed and they're still not correct. I've seen cases where people have diagnosed people and then it has ruined their whole life because they now believe that's that who their partner is and their partner actually isn't that because the therapist didn't know what they were talking about and they diagnosed them wrongly. So just like, please keep this in mind. Don't go diagnose someone. One, excessive need for admiration. Two, bullying or ex- exploitative interpersonal style behavior. Three, vindictive or vengeful. Four, large sense of self-entitlement. Five, believe in your own specialness. I mean, I have that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I believe in my own specialness. I believe in your specialness. Um, six, extremely envious. Seven, obsessed with a fantasy-based version of themselves. Eight, lacking of empathy, can pretend that they have empathy, um, but they, they don't actually feel it. Um, nine, massive arrogance. And you need to, yeah, have six of those ticked off, but not just, oh, I do that occasionally. You know, that there, there are other specific things that need yeah need to be I'm gonna be honest I know one true narcissist they are scary people yeah scary. and and it's not the person who just lied to you no, it's it. not the guy who cheated on you yeah it's, it's not your ex-partner who cheated on you I mean I mean it very well could be but most likely it's not like 98 percent of the time it's not the person you think yeah yeah no true narcissism is extremely scary and I think I'm not going to say rare but it's like you can see when somebody is fully adapted that way Mm. and it's almost like there's no way of bringing them back and those people I can guarantee they're not in therapy I can tell you that (laughs) (laughs) yeah then and it was so funny I was a part of a group one time and a guy goes I think I'm, if we read through that list and he goes, I think I'm a narcissist. And then the person was like, dude, you're here doing this work. You're not a narcissist. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And it's they like, who doesn't like feeling admired or who doesn't believe yeah. like, I have something special to add to the world? You know what I mean? Exactly. And, and a lot of people live in fantasy as well. 
a lot of people are living in fantasy-based realities all the fucking time of how things should have been. So it's like if we were to go through and diagnose everyone, you'd probably fucking find it in. And what I think is like you find value where you put it. If you want to find that person to be one, you're going to make them one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, could, you could sit there. I could sit there and find exactly where I've done all nine of those traits. Yeah. At one point in your life, for sure. At one point. Yeah, and it's like because we're all humans, but yeah, there are certain other things, and yeah, I I do know of a um a relationship that was completely torn down because therapist wrongly diagnosed someone with it, and then that person couldn't get out of their head that the person wasn't that because the therapist had said that. Yeah, yeah, that's really sad, and that's also why again I don't like the labels route. I much prefer to be like cool and and like getting to know someone and hearing about situations it's like I'm just seeing how you adapted yeah yeah and and I think that's that makes things uh it it puts a lot less pressure on people as well you know if you're sitting there saying oh you're manipulative you're do it's like you're codependent like I don't even like that word it's like well you've just adapted to your circumstances and environment based of who you had to be in those moments yeah and even like even depression I see I feel like every time there's a diagnosis people it's like there's this constant measuring stick of like well is the depression cured now yeah or like they have a down day and then they're like I still have depression but it's like a down day still comes with being human yeah yeah and I feel like there is that such a gray area of what we talked about at the very start where's the human versus the trauma yeah. There's, there's a blur and people don't even know anymore because trauma has become this like I don't I don't even believe that if people are trauma informed that they really like that they really understand trauma even do you know what I mean like I feel like there's just so many different layers and nuances and yeah the more that you work with people the more that you see just how unique everyone is but our same underlying patterns are all the same plays out differently for everyone but the same fucking cool shit's happening for everyone yeah I feel like when you spend a lot of time working with people you can just you can sniff out straight away when something is a trauma you're like oh no this is like we're onto something and then you can also sniff out when it's like babe you're having a very human moment right now it's like just go drink some water please like have you eaten (laughs) and I also think this is one of those other things that I don't, I don't want people like, yeah, I don't want this to come across like I'm tearing other people down, but I do often see it's like people put like trauma informed in their bio or something. And it's like, just because you read the holistic psychologist's book, or you can make the link between like, oh, something in your childhood triggers you in your adult life. It doesn't necessarily mean you're trauma informed. And this is another thing why I'm so passionate about like my concept of the whole system, which is like actually understanding all of these different layers and wanting practitioners and people to do it so that they're not like, you know, oh, you know, I host breath work. We're going to heal everything right now. But if you have like, you know, people have like those breath work experiences where they're like, oh my God, I saw something or like this thing happened and they were crying. Then they leave those sessions. Well, that's really profound. And they're like, well, mm-hmm. for days or weeks after that, their system is rattled. Like yeah. they're in full whiplash mode. Why as well? Because trauma practitioners, I mean, breathway practitioners are not taught about what that means or how to hold space for that or how to help that person extract information from there, how to keep, um, that's why I'm big on the brain, how to keep different parts of the brain online when something like that is happening. Um, What happens, it's like, uh, so people are doing the, the stuff, say, in school 
and they're learning a textbook, right? By doing the breath work. It's a, it's a something external. They're doing it. They're learning it. It's great while they do it. And it's amazing. Breath work is amazing. No one's saying it's not. It is a great tool and resource, but that's exactly what it is. What happens when you stop the study lesson and you're out in real life and something happens in your real life and you don't have half an hour to sit down and meditate and do breath work? What do you do then when your kids are both sick and you can't take a moment to yourself to like steady your breath? What like what do you do in those moments when real life is actually happening? You need to be able to have those internal resources to tap into in every fucking moment, not just when your um, morning routine is happening. And I see this so often where it's like someone will miss their morning routine and the next minute their whole day is ruined and they can't show up for a client session. They ca- And I'm like, that's to me, doesn't show true embodiment. It, it shows that you have great resources that, you know, but th- there has to be some type of internal responsibility taken to build that skill set. And that's what I think you do so beautifully for people is help them actually understand, okay, I want to do journaling. I want to do breath work. I love manifestation, love all this, but I don't want to rely on that. I would rather rely on myself. (laughs) Like I would rather me be the playbook. Yeah, exactly. And it's like those like breath work to me, I'm like, this is so great for recovering the nervous system. Like as a practice, like I should probably do more of this in my own life. But (laughs) I don't need it to be a regulated human. Yeah. I don't need it to be healed because I understand what's happening. And it's like, who are you outside of those practices? That's Mm going to give me a measure of how healed you are. Sure. You can take half now for yourself and do a breathwork session, feel really regulated. Of course you're going to show up well, but it's like, who are you and how do you navigate situations when that's not available to you? And, you know, especially like, you know, the people in my world in parenthood, there's not a whole lot of time for that. Like, there is you know, not much going on where you can have like a fucking hour and a half morning routine to yourself to start your day that way. It's like you just kick off and you go. And to me, true spirituality, true healing work is in hard situations. Yeah. It's, it's gonna, sorry. No, no, go for it. Sorry. I was just going to say, and it's like, If I'm going to create a piece of content around this because it's just like brilliant. But it's like if you have a business to run and you need to stop for one hour to journal every single time you're triggered by another coach's piece of content, like that's not a very regulated human and that's also not going to build you a successful business at all. You need to be able to have the internal processes, skill set and power to be able to see that in the moment and alchemize doesn't mean you don't experience what's happening and you invalidate the feelings or the situation, but it's you're able to actually not let that have a flow and effect into your life to then, you know, take the next hour out of your time because how on earth are you ever going to run a business? Exactly. And on the other, I'm going to apply that to parenthood, but like on the other end of that is like we can be regulated and we can deal with situations really well. If you're going back to back, to back like your kids are sick this is that like I don't I'll use me as an example like early in the year like my partner was away all the time I was like totally by myself in like a new country of course I'm gonna burn out mm-hmm. and of course I'm not gonna feel regulated anymore it's just like it builds up over time or it's like it's useful to go like okay I'm starting to get into the human area now and this doesn't mean that 
I'm triggered or like there's some gigantic trauma here. It's like, I think it's about finding that balance. And I think part of being an adult is understanding, like you said, it's like those things. It's like, oh, I've read a post. I've noticed that's triggering for me. I can explore that. Mm. And I know what to do with that versus when we're just, when our human needs are not being met and we're just not even in the place, either mentally or physically, emotionally, to even start thinking that way. And I am massive, massive, massive on telling people. I don't know if I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but like, look after your physical needs and then come and talk to me about what's trauma. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, this is amazing. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about or touch on or do you think we need to cover? I feel I feel very complete. I'm not going to lie. I feel like this was a really, there was a lot in this conversation. I know. There was so many things coming up. I was taking notes. I'm like, remember that, remember that. But it's like when you're in a conversation, you just can't possibly get to every thought because you're just present in the conversation. Uh, but I feel like there's so many golden nuggets in here that it's like if you can actually listen to this and really you know put a bias aside of what you believe or what you think you know or or, and just be open and just be receptive to hearing two people having a conversation something could land for you something could change your whole life something could also not land but maybe you just consider it and then you decide it's not for you and that's perfect yeah and I think just even listening to this and going okay I'm actually going to start viewing the healing journey a bit differently. I'm going to start understanding the areas where it makes sense for me to take responsibility. And I'm going to start understanding how I can support myself and maybe just not even get caught up in pop psychology. Yeah, definitely. And and just taking care of yourself first, you know, before you, or when you're committing to containers with coaches or going to look for something to heal you, it's actually seeing, well, okay, if I'm going to go and do this and work with that coach or work with that mentor or go get that modality, what's the intention behind it that I'm doing it? Am I doing it from a place of they need to save me or am I going in open and willing to build a relationship with this thing? Yeah, and to really just get curious and start exploring and just seeing like what comes up without having this expectation or this pressure that like I'm going to heal every single little thing and I'm going to find it all and just sort of like surrendering to the fact that you want to build skills so that as those layers come up, that you understand how to work with them versus mm-hmm. every time something comes up, I have to book in this session, book in that energy healing, book in that breath work, go to get my journal out, go to call my therapist. Like we just want to get to a place where we're understanding how to work with it. And then also seeking support when it feels right to seek support and yeah. not in a codependent way as in like, I'm not going to be able to process this if I don't do that. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that's where we both get support from. Like we are very fucking versed in our own things that are coming up for us. However, I hire a coach and mentor because I want something external to me. And I want to be, I want to see someone doing really big shit, giving me the permission that that's possible. And also not that I need that permission, but it's just being in that expansive energy of like, holy shit, there's people who don't let their limitations stop them. And if I'm in that energy, then I'm not going to be playing into my victim. And while I can validate the experience that that has, I never let myself use that narrative or that identity as a reason to stop me. I use it as a place to inquire. And I think you do that as well, where it's like you don't need someone to tell you how to fucking regulate yourself. That's not why you hire me. It's like 
you really want someone to expand you and, you know, hold you to that higher standard and just under, like help you understand yourself, but you already understand yourself. Does that make sense? hundred percent. I feel like that's the perfect thing to wrap up on and just sort of letting people know that overall the goal is actually like once we work through some of those bigger things, the goal is actually to use those spaces to feel really expansive, to be like, oh, this is what it's like. It's creating evidence of like, this is what it's like to have a really secure, mature adult relationship. Yeah. Like hiring someone to help you experience that because then, you know, somebody actually wrote this to me the other day. They're like, because of the way that you speak to me about things and how you're really honest in a loving way and how we can talk about things with curiosity, they're like, I took that and I applied it to my partner. Like, that's the point. I yep. want you to observe me, how I do conversations. I want you to then go and apply it in your own life. It's just so valuable. Like, and, and again, it's like using spaces how we need it, right? Sometimes we might need to work through something bigger. And then other times it's like, I'm actually learning and skill building right now in how to have better and healthier relationships without being like, oh my God, look at me. I'm doing work on myself and there's my partner being exactly the same Yet you're not showing up differently in that dynamic. You're not actually using the skills that you've just gone and paid money to learn how to build. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like people also forget that when they're hiring a coach or a mentor, you're also looking at them as a sense of not just the information that they're giving you and the questions you can ask, but to watch how they lead the space, watch how they converse with you. Because what they're doing is it's like children who look to parents we look to people to model behavior and that's exactly not that you need to take everything your coach does a mentor does like of course you're not going to but it's like seeking to understand it's not just about what you get and it's not like oh that coach didn't know I was having a bad day they didn't check in on me it's like no they're really solid and secure in themselves that they don't need to play into your patterns and that's up to you the responsibility to and obviously the coach to set the safe container but to build a healthy mature relationship together and you do that by looking at their behavior of how they act when you lean out how they yeah. act when you push their boundaries how they act when you don't like hold their standards you know that kind of thing you get to really look at that and it's just a beautiful invitation i think to build really healthy solid mature relationships yeah and i want to tell you like a real i filmed just before we started this <laughs> which was I'm not scared of getting the wrong answer like there's no first of all there's no like right or wrong answer sometimes there's answers that hit the nail on the head but even when we get the answer that doesn't hit the nail on the head it actually brings me closer to my truth so instead of me getting an answer being like oh they don't know that yeah I'm like oh what is this actually telling me about what I know deep inside like what is this bringing me like closer to Mm. I think that's so valuable and that's a big thing that I actually feel like I'm really good at my job because I'm not afraid, like I'm really good at feeling into what it could be. Yeah. And I feel like I hit the nail on the head, but I'm also not afraid of giving someone the wrong answer. Yeah. Because I know that we have a relationship where they can tell me the truth and be like, I kind of feel that I kind of don't. And I also know when it's a blind spot, when it's like, when you hear that and you're like, no, 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 that's not it. And you're like, I kind of know <laughs> it is. I know you'll come around to that. Yeah. And like, I agree. And the same thing has happened with us where I've said something and you're like, you know, I actually don't think it's this, but this part resonated and I think this relates to X, Y, Z. That's perfect. That's called having a healthy relationship where you can communicate honestly with each other and your coach and mentor or healer, they don't have the answers all the time. It's not to say they're not good at their job. It's to say they're really fucking great at their job because they're open to helping you explore yourself and they don't know your truth better than you at the core of it, but they need to help support you to bring your truth out. Yeah. 
Makes sense. Like, yeah, I, I love that so much because we don't have all the answers. However, we're very fucking good at what we do. And a lot of the time we do hit the nail on the head. There's some things I've said to clients and it hasn't been the thing. And that's perfect because then we just eliminate something that's not it. And then we have more room to explore what is it. Yeah, I think when you use the word explore, that was perfect because it is an exploration and it's about being curious and it's about like sometimes it is an elimination process. We are Captain Cook. Yeah, just like when people have like IBS and the doctor's like, cool, you're going on an elimination diet. We're going to try and figure out what this is. It's like, great, sometimes you just use the reverse and other times it's like they can listen to your symptoms and be like, it's definitely gluten, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think that's perfect. And I think that wraps it up. And I have loved this conversation. Do you want to tell everyone what type of, like what's coming in your world or what do you have at the moment that people can get in your world? Yes. Well, I am just about to finish running Alchemize, which is my, like the whole system trauma course, which is fully about building an internal skill set and actually deeply understanding what trauma truly is. Um, and understanding how to come into like a more healthy relationship with modalities and basically which parts of the whole system they correlate with so that we know how to support ourselves. Then next month, I'm going to start running Embodied Parenting, which is all about helping us find our blind spots in parenting. And then after that, I have Interconnected, which is my male-female brain in parenting and in relationships, which is like one of my favorite things to teach. It's just basically, yeah, all about how those two different, we all have the same brain, right? But they're just wired a bit differently or different centers and how they actually end up making a big difference in our relationships and what we can sort of help our kids with as we parent them. Um, And then I'm relaunching a little space next week, which I'm assuming maybe it'll be launched by the time people hear this. Um, But it's called The Shift. And it's basically like a group chat with like a really amazing space where it's like not so it's not really about learning content it's like actually coaching people through their patterns and helping them figure stuff out and then I also have a lovely anger masterclass coming up I love it what about you uh essentially if you want to come into my world I have a few uh freebies that you can obviously get on my page uh so just come in there obviously I'm business related so this is if you're in business and mindset uh and yeah I have a lot of freebies I also have amazing free content you can just learn from my free content and up at the moment I'm doing human codes which is actually ironically what we talked about today which was how to be a safe and embodied leader for your clients and all about setting the container and all about my approach to working with humans and clients to get better results um, and keep people in your world long term and it's by you being that solid leader which internal leadership leads to external authority so it's really all about that I also have uh, Vortex coming out, which is my emotional intelligence, shadow work and like rapid growth in business. I then have some exciting courses coming out about like community and brand and money and offer creation and all that kind of good stuff. So if you want, if all of that sounds great, get in my all in because that is where you get everything. But yeah, that's about it. All my mastermind for next year is enrolling as well, but that's a long way away. So that's it. Basically, everybody give her your money. (laughs) (laughs) Give me your money. No, but if you do have, you know, a business and you do want to elevate that, I am your person. I take big visions and I actually help you execute that shit because your mind is going to be your limitation. And I, I do strategy and mindset. I really love both. 
I love this. And you are incredible at what you do, clearly. So are you, clearly. You wouldn't be my client if you weren't. Like, I truly have to believe what my clients do. So, yeah. Uh, the minute you wanted to work with me, I had this little, like, fangirl moment of, holy fuck, this bitch is insane. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Sign her up. Exciting. And I love it. We've actually become, you know, like, besties. So it's been amazing. And, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. And then this will also be on your podcast. So we will both have all the links for each other, I guess, in our show notes. So come and find us. And if you do listen to this, any takeaways, please share it because I feel like Alex and I are so passionate about this. By the way, we call her Portia in my world because in my mastermind, uh, someone thought her name was Portia because her name was Portal by Alex and they thought it was Portia. So we call her Portia. Uh, but if you want to uh, share this on your social media, please do. We would really appreciate it. This message, I feel like just more people need to talk about it. And yeah, I, I'm really, really excited for us to open and start the conversation. Me too. Thank you guys so much for listening. All right. Bye guys.